Thanks for listening to one of the audio messages from Cornerstone Church Airdrie. My name is Brad, and I'm the lead campus pastor and primary preaching voice here at Cornerstone Church Airdrie. We believe that the God who spoke so clearly all through the pages of Scripture is still speaking to his kids today. So if it's me who's speaking to you or someone else on this recording, as you listen, we pray that you would know God, know his hope, know his purpose, and know his power. Enjoy the message. a while for me since I've been up here uh, to speak, and uh, the the wall sits I did this morning are not helping the jello legs at all. That's, so if you see the legs shake, that's partly wall sits, partly nervous. That's just the way it goes. Uh, if I can hide behind my guitar, I'm okay. If I'm there's no guitar, the pulpit's not quite the same. Um, but if there's no guitar, I get a little little bit no, more nervous than than normal, so bear with that, but we'll, we'll, we'll get through this together. Um, so this morning, before we get to the encounter with Jesus, as you saw, it was, it was Jesus walking on the water, um, we're going to take a look a little bit of what, what led up to this point um, in Matthew chapter 14. Um, context is something that is extremely important uh, when you read the Bible, as well as especially in the Gospels, because often the Gospel writers will kind of sandwich stories together in order to make a, a larger point than each individual story kind of makes. Um, so if we look back to the beginning of Matthew chapter 14, we can see the events of John the Baptist, uh, his death at the hands of Herod, um, and Jesus learning about that event. Um, so John was Jesus' cousin, uh, and was the one prophesied to come before and prepare the way. So Jesus had a more than just, oh, this guy died sort of a relationship with, with John. It was, it was, it hit him very deep. Um, and so when, when, John, when Jesus heard of John's death, he decided that he would take him and his disciples, because conceivably it, it shook them too, um, but he, he would take them out into kind of a wilderness area. They'd, they'd have a little bit of a time to, to pray together and to process and, and do all of that. Um, but then there was a whole bunch of people that found out where they were going. And so they decided to, uh, to tag along for their little their, their powwow. Um, and it would have been easy in that moment for Jesus to turn the crowd away, to say, no, no, we need, we need this time, We're, we need to process, we need to, to deal with this. Um, it would have been so easy for him to just say, you guys need to, to go home, that's, that's okay. Uh, but Jesus, in verse 14, of uh, Matthew 14, it tells us that he had compassion on them. Um, and so Jesus took time to heal them. He took time to, to pray for them, to, to be with these people, even though there was a pretty raw thing that had just happened in his life. Um, and when you're off in a desolate place without planning for it, food's a little hard to come by. It wasn't like these people were like, oh, Jesus is out going on a camping trip. Let's, 
let's pack up some food, let's, you know, bring, bring the coolers, bring the, the Smokies, we'll, we'll have some fire, um, and, and we'll have a good time. No, they heard Jesus was going, and they were like, all right, let's go. Even though we have no idea where we're going to end up, we're just going to go. It was really more of a spur-of-the-moment thing. You know, there wasn't really a McDonald's on the way along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. They couldn't just you know, pick up some fast food and, and carry on. Um, you know, we could talk about Jesus feeding the 5,000, that miracle, uh, for quite some time. But that's not where we're going to focus today. Um, we're just talking to give some context to understand where we're headed. Um, but needless to say, at the end of that story, everyone has a full belly and they're very impressed. Uh, so much so that in John's recounting of the story, he tells us that, um, we'll go here. Ah, so when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this indeed is the prophet who had come into the world. Pers Whoa. This thing is not working. All right. Perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force and make him king, Jesus withdrew himself, or drew, withdrew again to the mountain by himself. So Jesus feeds these people, and they're like, yeah, awesome. Let's make him king. Jesus is like, whoa, 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 that's not what we're going for here right now. So we can see from the context of John, his telling of the story, that the people were pretty riled up on, on making him king. They were, they were zealous to make him king. Um, and so this will bring us to verse 22 in Matthew 14. Uh, and so it says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him while he dismissed the crowds. So it's interesting to me that Jesus first sends away the disciples before sending away the crowds. Um, we can kind of gather from some, some other bits and pieces of stories that some of the disciples were pretty convinced in Jesus's earthly kingdom versus his heavenly kingdom and that they were like probably let's get on board with the crowd that wants to make him king and let's we're going to lead this charge and Jesus is like hold on guys you go first <laughs> and then then he starts to dismiss the crowds um, so Jesus sends sends the disciples away and then begins to to dismiss the crowds and then we get to verse 20, 23, where he says, After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. So finally, Jesus gets the time that he needs to be alone with God. Sometimes that we forget that while being God, Jesus was also still human. He was fully God and fully human. And as a human, it was just as important for him as it is for us to get the time alone with God. This is an important example for us. You can see many times throughout the Gospels where Jesus gets away to go pray, to go be with the Father, to go and just take that time to, to recharge and refresh and hear, hear God's voice and hear his leading where he is to go next. Um, when we are hit with all sorts of things that go wrong, um, the world is in a big moment of everything went wrong, and it's, it's hard to deal with, um, such as the death of someone close, the loss of a job, broken relationships, 
and so many other situations. And we are trying to get close to God, but there's so many distractions. There's so many things that can come in the way. Um, you know, things keep going. Bills still need to be paid. Kids still need to be fed, the snack monsters. Um, bills still need to be paid. And people around you still need your help. It just Those things just don't go away. Our, our responsibilities don't just go away because something bad has happened around us. But when we look to the example of Jesus, we see that he still took the time to have compassion, to deal with the things at hand, to help the 5,000 plus little snack monsters that came. I mean, no biggie, right? You can feed 5,000 people, right? I can't. I can't cook, so that's the problem for me. I mean, it, it would be a miracle if I could feed 5,000 people. But Jesus made sure as soon as he had the, the, the available time to get alone with God. He dealt with the things that were right in front of him, and then he went and he prayed. He, he, he took the time to make sure that he was refreshed and filled, with, filled by God. Um, and that is important for us to do as well. Okay, mini connected sermon over, and we'll go back to Jesus on the water. Uh, so verse 24, this thing really wants to jump. 24. Uh, but the boat by this time was a long way off from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, which is about three to six in the morning or so, um, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Now if we can imagine for a moment being the disciples. And you're rowing like crazy, trying to fight the wind, fight the waves to get to the other side. You've been going for hours. You are tired. You've been just beaten by the wind and the waves. You're getting worried you're not going to make it to the other side, and you're not sure if the boat will stay afloat. You're not sure if you'll end up somewhere where you don't recognize. There wasn't really GPS back then, so they had reason to be like, okay, I don't know where we're, we're going to be. But then all of a sudden, you see walking on the water this person coming towards you. And honestly, I don't blame the disciples for their reaction. They had a, a bit of a freak out. It's a ghost. Um, but there wasn't really a rational explanation for what they were seeing. This, had, this is not a common practice, somebody walking on water, right? I've never seen it. I don't know if you have, but they were terrified that this was weird. But then Jesus speaks. The storm isn't gone. The wind is still blowing. They're not out of danger. But Jesus showed up. Right when the disciples needed him, Jesus showed up. 
He stepped into their situation. When everything was going against them, there he was. He says, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And as I was reading and, and preparing for, for talking today, um, I, I found this quote that I thought was, was very interesting. It says, there are two reasons to put away fear. One reason may be that the problem is not nearly as bad as one had thought, and perhaps you are afraid because you exaggerated the danger. The other reason is that even though the problem may be real, there is an even greater solution and help at hand. The danger was very real for the disciples. But the solution was bigger than the danger. The disciples had a legitimate reason to fear. And as, as Pastor Brad pointed out last week, these guys knew what it was to be sailors on the Sea of Galilee. They, they were fishermen. This is what they did. They both knew how to handle a boat and what, beginning, what a storm beginning to be too much for them looked like. And the, they knew where they were. Uh, but then Jesus shows up in the middle of the storm. In the midst of everything going under, he walks out to them doing the impossible. It's important to note and point out that Jesus hasn't stopped the wind and the waves yet. That comes later. What stands out to me is that just because the storm is still going, it doesn't mean that Jesus isn't right there. The bills still need to be paid. And you don't know how that's going to happen. But Jesus is right there. You're still weighed down in grief. But Jesus is right there. Your heart is still broken. But Jesus is right there. You still wear the shackles and chains of sin and addiction. But Jesus is right there. And as the song Waymaker declares and reminds us that even when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. Jesus is right there, and he's right here. And then we come to Peter. Brash, bold, full of faith, sometimes doesn't quite get it. Kind of kind of like us sometimes. And Peter, so Peter answered Jesus, and he says to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Could you imagine being the other disciples in that moment? So wait, wait, Peter, what are you, what, uh, no, uh, huh? Okay, all right. Only Peter would think of such a thing to do. Just fits right into his character. What prompted Peter to do such a thing? I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but what we do know is that Jesus said yes. I think... There's a side lesson here 
that we can learn. I'll let you connect the dots, but if you need a hint, it's something about praying and being bold and doing what Jesus tells you to do. But then, it, then it continues. It says, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Again, oh Peter. What a glowing example of human nature. Jesus does this amazing thing, allows him to come and walk on water to be the second person to actually do this thing. And then he sees some wind. He's walking on water and he sees wind? And suddenly he begins to sink. To me, when I was thinking about this, it reminded me of Elijah. When he defeats the 450 prophets of Baal through God's miraculous intervention, God drops fire on a soaked altar. And then suddenly... The, the Queen Jezebel threatens him and he's like, all right, got to go. Uh, God, if you could just let me die because, you know, whatever. It's this crazy, amazing moment to, God, you just, just let, me, let me die? Or Peter, this, this amazing walking on the water to suddenly sinking because he sees wind. How like us. God does something amazing in our lives and, and then we turn around and forget about it or lose track or whatever that may be. If you read the story about Elijah, God showed up there too. In the midst of, of this great thing, Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and he feared the little thing. He's walking on water. What does the wind matter? Like, we hear this story so much that we've, we kind of become desensitized to the fact that Peter was walking on water and he saw wind and it, well, you don't really see wind, but he saw the effects of wind and began to be afraid. This, with that quote that I, I shared a little bit earlier, the two reasons to fear I think this one falls into the, the first category of exaggerating the problem, whereas the whole situation is, is very much a real danger. But, um, but Jesus was right there. What matters in this situation with Peter is where his eyes were. When Peter's eyes were on Jesus, he, did, he was able to do the miraculous to walk on water. When Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, he feared and he sank. So Peter, being so much like us, I just often see myself in Peter. Um, he, he does the very thing that we can, we can do in our own lives, is that when we have our eyes focused on Jesus, we can see the amazing things that he is doing, that he is working, that he is changing in our lives. But when we take our eyes off of Jesus, 
we become overwhelmed by the fear, the grief, the distress, the trouble. In the beginning of all of uh, the pandemic stuff, uh, we were working from home, everything was shut down. Um, I, I struggled a bit with kind of my, my mental health with depression because all I could see around me was the bad things that were happening. People were dying, people were losing their jobs, everything was shutting down, there was so much uncertainty and everything, all the forecasts were just getting worse. Social media, the news, everything was just weighing so heavily on me and I had no idea what to do with it. But then I had a realization. I realized that I had not picked up my Bible in days, weeks maybe. I hadn't prayed. I was filling my mind with the fear that the world was sharing. And then something clicked. And it was like Jesus was walking out on the water to me. And so I began to realize that my eyes weren't on him at all. That I had shifted my eyes from Jesus to the, the situation around us. And that whole time, he held his hand out to catch me. And I was looking at the wind. So, I turned my eyes to him. I'm not going to say everything was fixed suddenly, but my outlook was better. And slowly over time, my gaze continued to, to stick on Jesus and my look at the situation changed because I was no longer filling my mind with the fear and the, the trouble and the doubt that came from the situation. I was fixing my eyes on Jesus who is bigger than the situation. So getting back to, to the story here, verse 32, when Jesus saves Peter. Come on. There we go. When they got into the boat, or when, yeah, when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. Only when Jesus got in the boat did the wind stop. This whole situation up to this point, the wind and the waves and the storm was still going. The wind stopped when their eyes were focused on him. In that moment, the disciples had a realization of Jesus' power over the things of nature by walking on the water, by stopping the wind and the waves, but also in his love because he reached out and saved Peter. And the only response that they could come up with was to worship him. And I think that's a pretty appropriate response. Their eyes were fixed on him. So I don't know what is going on in your life right now. But allow Jesus to step onto your boat and capture your focus. 
Allow your eyes to fix on him. So when you fix your eyes on Jesus and let him step into that boat, he will bring provision. He will bring joy. He'll bring life. He'll bring wholeness. And he'll bring freedom. And so much more. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus and not the wind and the waves around us. If my heart could tell a story. Thanks again for listening to one of the audio messages from Cornerstone Church Airdrie. I pray that you were blessed by what God had to say in this message. If you would like to connect further with Cornerstone Church, there are a couple places you can go. First is our website, cornerstonefoursquarechurch.com, and select the Airdrie campus. And some of the best ways to connect with us is through our social media channels. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstoneairdrie. Follow us on Twitter at csairdrie. And on Instagram at cornerstoneairdrie. If you'd like to connect with the pastoral team at Cornerstone, you can do that again through our website, cornerstonefoursquarechurch.com. Click on the Airdrie campus, then click on the About Us on the main menu, and then one last click on Our Campus Pastors. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and get new messages delivered directly to you. We are so thankful to be able to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ with our community in Airdrie and with you today. At Cornerstone Church Airdrie, we are a family not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. And that family includes you. We follow Jesus together as family we go. Let this be their memory That all my treasure was in heaven You were everything to me. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. His faithful hand has held me all this way. And when I'm old and gray and all my days are numbered on the earth, let it be. In you alone, my joy was found. I found my joy.
Joy was found. 